0: has it, gives to Franklin, he no, dies no, I don't think no, he got it, I no. don't think Ball's he got out. it, the ball, ball is out, Ball's the Bengals out. have scooped Ball's it up. Burrow bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10 yard line, T night, Higgins night. straight into the end zone, touchdown Bengals, it's a T D yards of real estate will determine this playoff game fourth down and goal from the nine 17 seconds to go the play clock at three shotgun snap car throws into traffic intercepted jermaine pratt has the football coffin nails
1: bam 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 how about that Hello and welcome to episode 158 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, baby. Yes, indeedy, weedy. We've just won a playoff game, Nathan Palmer.
2: Oh, my goodness me, son. It's in true Bengals fashion as well. It came down to the end. But after 30, 31 years, it's all over and it feels unbelievable.
1: It does, isn't it? It really, I mean, genuinely it does. I got quite emotional when um, when the final whistle blew. Or Jermaine Pratt managed to snag that interception. God, it was nervous, wasn't it? Really nervous finish to that game. Really sphincter puckering. And oh, I thought we were going to lose it again, right at the death. But somehow, somewhere someone was shining upon us and looking down upon us and and uh, we managed to pull it out didn't we what a what a what an ending to that game
2: yeah i mean we we really were it should have probably been out of sight in many ways i yeah. mean we really dominated the first half but it, it, we sort of let them hang around a bit at the end there but I always felt confident in the team. I don't know why. I think I just really had a feeling that this was going to be the game. I think it was a great matchup for us against the Raiders. And I think we've hit a real hot streak. And even though it got close at the end there, I really backed us. It went to overtime. I think, you know, you even saw an interview with Joe boy and he was saying that I'd have almost rather them scored sooner just to give yeah, me the I ball know, back. Right? That, that's his sort of mentality at the moment. And, I just think when you know he's a dangerous geezer at the moment. We're as a result we're a dangerous team, you know. Mm.
1: Oh, don't know where to start. Really, all happening. Last week was incredible. The build-up to the game, we pumped out. Uh, I think more content than we've ever done before in a bid to kind of you know get people to uh, to follow us, more new fans to follow us. So we were doing all sorts, watch parties, recruitment videos, as we mentioned last week. We were doing um, Gritty Challenge. We had a, a new new fan video diary. It was all going off. And uh, then, of course, we had our online tailgate on the Saturday, which had uh, uh, featured our uh, annual uh, chilli cook-off, and that was fantastic. So many thanks to Dean Merritt in Kansas. Kevin an angel, and Andrew Dockerel for taking part, just amazing stuff. And uh, it was like, oh, there's a game on now. <laughs> it was it was great. It was a great week. Thank you so much to everyone who interacted and engaged with us, and and just generally got involved with all the excitement. It was a, such an exciting week now. And now we've got to do it again, uh, which is no bad thing. Obviously, I'd rather we do it again, and then I'd rather we do it again next week as well because. Uh, Obviously, we're in it to win it now. We are in it to win it, Nathan.
2: Yeah, oh, I mean, we are, and I think the Titans are, are quite like us in that matchup. You know, they've had a week off. We, we're in form. I mean, we've just hit form perfectly, haven't we? And I think yeah. in the past, going into the playoffs, we've really not, and it's been a bit of a sort of limp, a bit of a limp in. And this time round, I mean, we're just Joe boys on fire. I mean, the bookies think it's going to be quite close. I think the Titans are maybe three and a half point favourites. They're not. They're not saying that it's going to be a walkover by any point. And I mean, once you pass the Titans, if you get past them, I mean, then you're dreaming, son, aren't you? The AFC title games, playing to get into the Super Bowl. I mean, it gets me every hour or so. I start sort of dreaming about, oh, you know, hang <laughs> on, if we win this week. Yeah. We're literally in a game. I we're literally playing. so if we win this week, right, we're playing in a game that if we were to win it would take us to the Super Bowl. Isn't that just absolutely mental?
1: It is mental. I just like the idea of you just like gazing into the middle of distance like once every hour and uh, just <laughs> just to kind of this dream washes over you uh, about the Bengals i mean it is it is crazy it's a crazy turnaround but i go back to our previous super bowl appearances we both yeah in the early 80s and the late 80s we we were shocking the year before finished with you know 4 and 12 4 11 and 1 records you know and yeah. uh, they they turned it around and they They look, I mean, not saying they're going to get super, but if they do, they will have done it again. It just shows you it can happen. Dreams can come true, Nathan.
2: Yeah, I think the thing we all underestimated was just, and I know this sounds silly because I I mean, I thought he was a good player and everyone thought he was good, but I think we all underestimated just how unbelievable Joe Burrow is from a talent perspective. And obviously, last year he was a rookie and he had his season cut short. We saw glimpses, he looked very good in parts, but. The team was still a work in progress, and you give him an elite weapon this year in Jamar Chase. And I think after that sort of first five six weeks where he sort of got his way back in, he didn't have a preseason. Obviously, Chase was working himself in as well. Once he's got that momentum and confidence, he mm-hmm. just looks a bit unstoppable at the moment. And you can reel off every stat in the world about the you know how he's played in these last four or five games and over his career how he's played in like must win scenarios, and it's downright scary. And he's just put the team on his back. I mean, Joe Mixon hasn't barely done anything in the last yeah. five, six games. It's just been all through the air, clutch plays, you know, making stuff happen, you know, going off script, whatever it might be. It's just it's been absolutely electrifying. And I mean, you wouldn't bet against him, would you? I mean, if you really wouldn't, I think neutrals are really opening their eyes. And he's getting enormous amounts of praise in the national press, more and more so each week. And it's well-deserved.
1: Yeah, I can't disagree. I would also say that Jamar Chase is better than I expected him to be as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, coming up in this episode, obviously there's going to be much joy and jumping around and virtual taking our clothes off. Um, but we have Mike Petraglia, uh, who is host of the Jungle Raw pod, and he writes for CLNS Media. You will recognise the voice. He's there at every press conference asking really good uh, questions, and you'll want to listen to what Drags has to say. Uh, he's a fine guest making his debut, first time caller on this podcast, so it's great to have Mike aboard. Um, shall we get to some reaction? Let's do it. Reaccione, reaccione, ole, ole, ole. Right, the Cincinnati Bengals, 26, the Las Vegas, oh, Las Vegas, Raiders, 19. How about that? I mean, you can just stop there, basically. We might as well just quit because I just I just don't want that score to change. I don't want it to be jinxed. I don't want it to be a dream. I want it to be real. Of course it is real. Bengals, 26, Raiders, 19. And as you heard from the magnificent Dan Hoard and Dave Lapham uh, at the start of the show, it came down to it. Fourth down and five in Bengals. Deep, deep, deep in Bengals territory. And Derek Carr throwing an interception. Jermaine Pratt was the hero. And that was done and dusted. And as the guy said, it was coffin nails. Um, biggest takeaway from the game? It was a bit messy, wasn't it? A bit of a mess.
2: I felt I it was a bit. But I did feel like we were in control. And the Raiders, you know, any I thought by a mile it was probably the best matchup we could have got across the NFC and the AFC. I think the Raiders were probably the weakest team in the playoffs. And we got them at home. It was the perfect setup, I think, for us to get yeah. that 31-year scratch. Um, uh, scratched. <laughs> um, but any team in the playoffs a good team. You know, you're going to yeah. play some teams. It's one game. You know they're, they're there for a reason, and I think we did we handled it quite well. You've got to remember, there that that's such a even though for people like Joe Burrow, he's not been around, you know, for that long, and he's not, you know, I think sometimes as fans, as Bengals fans, we're sort of fighting, we've really been fighting a battle in like a wardrobe, really, just <laughs> to get that sort of white that one playoff win off our back. And most of the guys on the team now, people like Chase Burrow, they haven't been around for a huge long time you can tell in the press conferences, he knows it's weighing on him, but he's not that fussed about it. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? He's just got that mentality where he's like one game at a time, you know, everyone in the press conference is asking him, so what what does it mean to, you know, get this city the first win? And he's like, yeah, it's cool, but I'm not really like with the greatest deal of respect. I'm not really that bothered by that. I want to win the Super Bowl. It's on to the next game. And, I think that's such an exciting mentality to have. It's such a nice sort of swagger and confidence. And, you know, you've got to get past the Raiders. They're the first hurdle. Probably the easiest one was always going to be a challenge with that that itch to scratch. But now that's out of the way. I mean, you, you do dare to dream.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, bang on um just getting the win it doesn't matter how it came was the most important thing just to psychologically get the monkey off the back get the get the itch scratched as you say you know get that hurdle cleared once and for all and now you can almost not relax but kind of that right exhale you know move on to the next one we've got that no one's going to be because the narrative and the the chat last week, oh, 31 years this, 31 years that. The text messages, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, very funny. Oh, you've said it again. Well done. Um, it was just getting a bit boring. And you do wonder whether, whether I mean, they, they like you said, they said it kind of didn't matter. But you kind of perhaps thought that it could have done. You know, the amount of questions that were being asked about the 31 years, it, it could have done something detrimental to their to their approach and their mindset but uh, they certainly didn't show because that first half it was apart from that last Raiders drive just before halftime uh, it was tremendous I mean we looked fully in control ha- Hendrickson yeah. with a strip sack um, you know Joe was m- moving the ball up and down the field with ease that that first touchdown drive was absolutely majestic and uh yeah, absolutely brilliant. and um, and then of course, the second touchdown was the most controversial, wasn't it? Uh, the whistle? What did you, I mean, I know that you were watching it in a busy pub. Uh, what were you what were you what were your thoughts about the whistle? because I tell you mine. it was a brilliant drive, actually, to get down into around the 10 yard line, I think it was. And Joey B looked in trouble and he rolled out to his right and somehow mid-air twisted his body to throw against the grain to Tyler Boyd in the end zone. And But they did seem a bit kind of unsure of whether that touchdown was going to stand. The Raiders and both Joe Boyd and uh, Tyler Boyd. I mean, first of all, it was an extraordinary throw by Joe Borough, I have to say. It was amazing the way he kept that... Play alive, and then the way he threw the ball midair, twisting his body— incredible, incredible poise and athleticism there. And then you know this whole whistle business came up. But what did you make of it?
2: Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, we didn't have any sound, so we what we could see the players all sort of be a bit, you know, look at the Raiders side, look a bit sort of mid-play, like oh, you know, let's stop here. I'm. Mean, it's a shame because. I think if it doesn't blow the whistle, it has no. It wouldn't have made any difference. I don't think any Raiders player is seriously making a play on that ball. There was no one around. But mm. I do sympathise with the Raiders because if you hear a whistle go when the ball's in mid-air, really that should be the play's dead. Um, so it, it is one of them. It, it's bad for the officiating crew. And I think if it had gone the other way and they'd said, look, sorry, that's a dead ball, we, we'll replay the down, you'd have been absolutely furious because... You know, chances are we don't score a touchdown on that next play, and it's a complete—you know—it's a seven-point game in the end. It really could have made a difference and an impact on the game. So, ah, it's a difficult one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I think we are quite lucky, really. I think the refs yeah. completely lifted up. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's a stupid rule anyway, because as you say, the ball was in the air uh, when the whistle blew, just about to get to Tyler Boyd. Uh, so it should have made a difference, but the rule says erroneous whistle or not, that play is deemed yeah, dead. Exactly. Full stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we did yeah. dodge a bullet there, but you know what? So what? <laughs> you know, we've had some <laughs> rotten luck in the past, and I'm quite happy to accept well, that's, that. Well, that's when you know it's our way, it, way
2: it, isn't it? When yeah. you're getting calls going for you and stuff like that. I mean, that is not the Cincinnati Bengals we know and love. So I mean, when things like that start happening for you, you do just start thinking, hang on a minute, this could be our year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. well, exactly. I mean, yeah, we did dodge a bullet on that one, but you know, I think we were the better team just about. Although the Raiders did yes. after that, after that touchdown, and certainly in the second half, things start to feel a bit disjointed. You know, there were some other dodgy calls going on. That kind of that timeout call uh, by the Raiders that they had to kind of review, and even you know they had twelve men on the field anyway, apparently. So. Yeah, the rest did not have a good game at all. I have to say, but it, it just felt a bit disjointed, weird penalties, lots of strange things going on, and and then suddenly the Raiders were getting a little bit momentum. And I have to say, you know, they were shooting themselves in the foot really. Some, I mean, they were. I think we managed to stop them four times down in the red zone, I believe. So you had yep. to take it out of the defense and and not not least because our defence was becoming decimated, wasn't it? Trey Hendrickson went out with a concussion. Mike Daniels left after a play or at least one series in the first half. Um, Larry Joby left and he was having a good game as well and he's had a great season. So suddenly you were playing backups and the pressure on Carl was non-existent. People were screaming for Lou to dial up some blitzes. But he resisted. I, it just felt like the Raiders were getting back into it. And um, and down the other end, of course, we were just scoring field goals. We couldn't quite punch it in for the touchdowns that our play deserved. So we, we left, them, left them hanging on a bit. And you have to give credit to the Raiders, I think. I, I don't mind the Raiders because what they've been through this year is... You know, and how they've come back for it is just incredible, really. And uh, that you, you saw it on Saturday night; they fought right to the end. And
2: um, do you think yeah. they'd have gone for it if they'd scored at the end? Do you think they'd have gone to try and win it all there and then, or do you think they'd have seen us in overtime?
1: Oh man, that's a really good question. I don't know. I think I think the smart move would have been overtime, but whew, I would have gone. I would have gone extra point. But then again, you know. Uh, listeners will know that me and you are quite conservative in our play calling. So would you have gone for two? You probably wouldn't have done, would you? Well,
2: I think if you're the Raiders, you do, because I think they'd have been like, we're on the road here. We've been we're on the ropes through the whole game. We've come out of nowhere really here, seized yeah. the momentum. And I think Rich Bisakia, uh, Bisakia will probably would have said to himself, you know, not being unkind to Derek Carr, but Joe Boy's been unbelievable recently. Let's try and keep the ball out of his hands. We're on the road, one play. If you've got a good play dialed up... I and mean, you like what you're seeing. Maybe you get the ball to Darren Waller, a big target, or you know, Josh Jacobs gets the ball and you fancy that, you know, obviously with the Bengals defensive line looking a bit a bit um a bit weary. But I don't know. I'm glad we didn't have to we didn't have to watch that. I think that would have been that would have been very difficult, wouldn't it? What one play for the whole game. Um, you know, go home or it's all done. So yeah, yeah thank thank God.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But there were some stunning plays, you know. Jamar Chase got over 100 yards again. Uh, I thought the offensive line played really well. Uh, when you consider who they were up against. I mean, Jonah Williams had a fabulous game against Yannick Ngokwe. I mean, you hardly heard Ngokwe's name. I mean, in fact, I can't remember Ngokwe's name being said during that game. Uh, really? Max Crosby a couple of times. But, he, you know, Isaiah Prince had a... a Certainly first half at least had a really good game. So hats off to the offensive line. Only sacked Joe Burrow a couple of times. I think maybe three times at the most. Maybe twice. I'm not quite sure. I'm going to have to check the stat sheet. But amazing performance. Um, Jesse Bates came up with an absolutely crucial play when he he punched the ball out of Foster Moreau's hands when he looked as though he was... uh, He'd managed to get a first down, and uh, yeah, that was incredible. So it was, even though it was a bit messy and a bit disjointed, you have to give a lot of credit to the offensive line. A lot of credit to the guys because they came up with the big players at the right times, Jesse Bates being a case in point. And our defensive line absolutely ravaged by the end of that game, and they played well. They kept kept coming. Sam Hubbard didn't was an absolute machine on Saturday night wasn't he i mean yeah, incredible he was. performance from him bj hill stepped into the breach amazing um yeah incredible performance they really had to dig deep for that one i think
2: 100% it's a team victory isn't it and you look all round and there were some good performances N- nothing necessarily spectacular across the board but just a gritty team win and you can't win every game um, in spectacular fashion and blow a team away, and that's just going to be a good win for to build some confidence and move us on to onto the Titans game. And I will tell you what, the momentum they'll take from that, just ending that horrible run. I think even just even just the fact of winning it at the end as they did will just give them some confidence and like you know we can do this because I tell you what some of the older guys on the team you Kevin Huber's, Clark Harris's Darren Simmons when they saw the Raiders driving down the field um, to tie that game up they'd have been thinking not this again do you know what I mean <laughs> I surely know, not after because we I think we really felt like we deserved that game we were well ahead it almost felt like a halftime it was starting to you know, slip out of the reach of the Raiders. Then we did let them just back into it, but to close it out at the end, nice with a turnover as well. I mean, that stadium full credit to all the fans, anyone listening that was at that stadium, it, it was absolutely like listening back to it and looking at some of the videos going around on social media of, um, when they clinched it at the end there, I mean, it was absolutely rocking mm. and, I think that will give the team so much confidence and momentum going into the Titans game. They've got nothing to lose as well, to be honest with you. I think yeah. Joe Burrow is sitting there saying, you know, next game, whatever. But I think for all the, you know, the players, the staff, if you'd said at the start of this season, considering how poor we were the last two seasons, that we were going to go to the playoffs, win a home playoff game um, and move on. To the next stage of the playoffs, I think everyone would have bitten your hand off mm. times 10. And I think whatever happens from here now, it, you're in bonus territory. And sometimes that's a really positive thing. There's not, you know, no no one's sort of, you know, the press aren't going to be getting on your back. You know, you've done a good job. So, you know, I wouldn't want to play the Bengals if I was another team in the playoffs. I think they're, we they, they really are a tricky team.
1: No, I agree. And uh, it's just clearing that hurdle, isn't it? Um, as I say, it wasn't perfect, and uh, uh, but it was enough. That was the main thing. And I think when it gets to knockout sport competition, yeah. it doesn't matter. You just have to yeah. win, baby, as they say, or he said. Yeah. Yeah, um, 100%. Right, should we bring our special guest in? Yeah, let's do it. And as promised, uh, we have a gentleman here who is making his debut on Cincinnati. He hosts the Jungle Raw podcast and writes for CLNS Media. You might hear, recognize his voice, in fact, from the press conferences with his probing questions to Zach and co. It's uh, Mike Petraglia. Mike, welcome to Cincinnati.
0: Paul, thanks so much for having me uh, over the pond, as we say, and uh, very much, very much appreciate it.
1: Okay, let's get down to it, because uh, from where we were sitting on uh, in our huddled dark rooms, some ventured out into the pubs where they could find the game being shown on the TV. But most of us were huddled in front of TVs and laptops and things like that on uh, various other devices on Saturday night. I mean, Paul Brown Stadium looked and sounded incredible. Uh, As a seasoned veteran like yourself, did it give you goosebumps? Was the atmosphere as good as it sounded?
0: It was thrilling. I will say that. I mean, as journalists, we're supposed to be objective and uh, take in the game itself going on, pay attention to all the details, but you could not help Uh, But notice and appreciate the environment, the the thunderous vibration of the glass every time the Bengals did something positive um, in front of our press because I sit in the front row of the press box and it was loud. I mean, I've been in Paul Brown Stadium many, many times and uh, both as a visitor covering the Patriots when they traveled to Cincinnati back in the day um, and this year, obviously. And there have been some great games, some great endings, the end of the Viking game, the end of the. Uh, ja- the comeback in the Jaguars game on a Thursday night when they put the uh, uh, Ring of Honor up uh, at Paul Brown Stadium, um, the, obviously the end of the Chiefs game was tremendous. But what, what I heard on Saturday night was another level altogether. And all the players after they walked off the field noticed that as well. A lot of them, including C.J. Uzama, said after the game they wanted to look up into the stands and appreciate what was going on. That stadium has never been that intensely loud. Obviously, it was a record crowd, never been a bigger crowd, 66,277. And, you know, it was just electric. And it was great, as a Cincinnati native, as I am, to hear that building that genuinely loud uh, was really uh, made me take a step back and appreciate it um let's get to matters on the
1: field i mean they mm-hmm. played well in patches um on t- and, and you know we obviously a, a lot of people probably yourself as you say as a cincinnatian were pretty emotional um at the end of that game and i think we all were as well a lot of you know the narrative was 31 years we kept hearing it and you know people like me who've lived through the hu- constant heartbreak over the years Yep. Um, it was an emotional victory, but you know, a couple of days on we're we're able to view the game sort of a somewhat more objectively. What did you make of the performance
0: as a whole? So here's my biggest takeaway is the Bengals, it's, as front runners are a different team than they are when they are in a tight back and forth game. Because let's face it, once the Bengals got up 10 to 3, 13 to 3 in that game Saturday night, it felt like they were totally in control of that game yes the Raiders scored a touchdown before halftime that made it 20 uh, to 13 and made it a one score game uh, when you know it looked like the Bengals were going to take complete control uh, with that you know touchdown to Tyler Boyd Uh, but even at 20 to 13 I felt the Bengals were in control they were getting the ball back to start the second half and they got a field goal out of that so it was 23-13 then 26-16 And I felt the Bengals were holding on. They were not an aggressive offense on Saturday. And the aggressive offense is what we saw against the Ravens and Chiefs to close out uh, the division a couple of weeks ago, uh, both games at Paul Brown Stadium. And I got the sense that the offense um, was in a different mindset. And, you know, I think the players acknowledged that after the game uh, on Saturday. And, you know, Jesse Bates and Jonah Williams and even Zach acknowledged it uh yesterday in the zoom calls with us that um not scoring a touchdown in the second half is not a good formula for winning playoff football yeah. and they got away with it they've got to be a little more aggressive i think uh come saturday in nashville against the titans but they were able to play it close to the vest saturday they were able to let their defense take over and win the game down the stretch which they did um you know they held the raiders out of the end zone four times in five red zone trips and I thought, you know, defense was really the calling card that they left on on Saturday night.
1: What do you put that sort of conservatism, if you like, down to? It? Zach mentioned yesterday that uh, he he felt out of rhythm as a play caller in that second half. But what would do? I mean, I found I watching it, it, it's it felt messy in the second half. It felt disjointed.
0: Yes, um, it was definitely what, disjointed. Why why was that? Can you put your finger on it? Uh, because I don't think Joe Burrow was taking as many shots downfield to Jamar Chase and to T Higgins. And I think, you know, and I, I didn't look at the actual pass attempt numbers in the second half, uh, Paul, but I can tell you that Burrow did not want to turn the ball over in that game. Once mm. they had the 10 to 13 point or 10 to 14 point lead and it went back to 10 points, the the one thing they didn't want to do was give the Raiders new life with a turnover. And Zach mentioned on Sunday in his Zoom call with the reporters that one key thing that not a lot of people talked about after the game, but he paid attention to, was winning the turnover battle 2 to nothing. They didn't commit a turnover. And I think that's why you saw the conservatism of the Bengal offense in that second half. They just didn't want to give the Raiders new life short field uh, to Derek Carr and Darren Waller. They wanted them to chew up clock. They did. One drive in that second half stuck out to me. And it was the uh, seven minute drive that the Raiders made uh, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, I believe it was. And they only got a field goal out of it. That is a big win for the Bengals. And that's kind of the approach I think the Bengals took uh, throughout that second half.
1: I mean, you could criticize them for that. But another counter argument would be that's good game management, right? That's closing the game out.
0: That's not uh, exciting for fans, but... It's not exciting for fans, but, Paul, obviously, every single fan in that building wanted one result at the end. They didn't care how they got there. This was not about you know putting on a show for the fans and entertaining them. This was about finishing the deal. There, Like you said earlier, there's been so much heartbreak. I mean, I was in New England, but I still watched that uh, Steeler-Bengal playoff game Six years ago, in the rain on that Saturday night, they didn't want to repeat of that, and uh, the fans didn't. I'm talking. And obviously, very few of the players had anything to do with that, and obviously Zach Taylor wasn't around. But you didn't want the Bengals to give their opponent in a playoff game new life, and uh, that's what you know. I took away from that game. I thought the, like you said, the game management was very strong. Underrated. I don't think a lot of people talked about it that way. Uh, I think they focused a lot on the red zone defense being very strong, which it was, but I thought the way Zach handled the clock and handled the game, kicking the field goal. I I'll tell you when I would have lost my mind internally, at least in the press box, never externally, you don't show your emotions. You don't cheer in the press box, right? (laughs) Had they gone for it on fourth and inches up. uh, I want to say it was 23, 16 and not gotten that field goal and made it a two score game. I would have had a very bad feeling about the end of that game, but they took the they took the points. They did the smart thing. They went up two scores, and that was really, to me, um, the difference in the game.
1: Okay, let's spin this forward. We now know who they're playing on mm. Saturday. Uh, they're going to make the short trip down to Nashville, as I'm sure you will be too. Very jealous about that. Yes, I am. Don't forget your cowboy hat and your <laughs> your rhinestones. Right.
0: Grand old Opry. You're
1: right. <laughs> Grand old Traggers will start calling you from now on. Um <laughs> Please <do> um <laughs> What I think the Titans are beatable and I think we've got a chance. Do you, I mean, depending on injuries, the defensive line was decimated. How are you feeling about the game on Saturday? I know it's early in the week, but how are you feeling at the moment?
0: Um, uh, Like the Bengals have a very reasonable chance of going down there and winning the game. Uh They have the formula from last year and granted the roster was different, but they did handle Derrick Henry. Um, they played their best game of 2020 in a, you know, very bad year, uh, four win year. Uh, they managed to beat the Titans pretty with a pretty healthy Titans roster and they were able to handle Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill does not scare me. Uh, he did beat the Patriots 2019 in the last playoff game I ever covered in new England. I'll remember that for a while. But they you know, were able to really use their defense. Mike Brabel had a good working knowledge of Bill Belichick and they were able to handle Tom Brady. But I think this a Titans team, that Patriot team, didn't have the weapons that this Bengal team has. And I think this Bengal team can go down there. And I think with the playoff win in their back pocket Paul, I think they can take some of the, um, you know, what, what's the expression I'm looking for? You know, take the gloves off and... Yeah really unleash their offense on, on Tennessee. And I think that's what they're going to look to do early and often. It would be a very different game plan than what we saw against the Raiders. I, and I think Joe Burrow is looking forward to that. I think he is Mm. looking forward to kind of attacking this Tennessee defense, because I think it's a different defense. Um, I haven't broken down all of the analytics yet, uh, and we'll be doing that shortly. But I think the Bengals will have a good chance of driving the ball downfield. I also think the Bengals can run the ball against this Tennessee front. Um, I think Joe Mixon could have an even stronger game, a better game uh, than he did against uh, the Raiders, where he really never got going. And I think I like the Bengals' chances. I think they, they can handle Anthony Brown, or I'm sorry, A.J. Brown. I think they can handle uh, Derrick Henry and, and contain him if he runs for 100 yards fine make him run for 100 or 120 yards on 30 carries that's fine if that's the way Vrabel wants to play it um what you don't want again is the explosives you don't want Henry breaking into your second level of your defense with nobody around and him gashing you for 20 and 25 yards pop that can't happen and going Farther
1: forward, Mike. Um, how how far can this team go? I mean, they've taken us by surprise, but some of us aren't surprised just because of the skill position players that yes. they had. It was just a case of putting it together. I mean, there was a lot of moving parts. A lot of things had to happen for this team to be contenders, and remarkably, it doesn't happen very doesn't happen very often in the NFL. A lot of those things. Happened, you know, defense improved, pass rush improved, secondary improved, you know, the deep ball from Burrow improved, the offensive line has improved, not been great, but has improved. You know, I almost, agree with that. All these things have been ticked off. So I think we were hopeful, but not entirely convinced where, as the season started.
0: Now, with this deep into the season,
1: how far can they go?
0: I think they can go to the Super Bowl and win it. I, I believe that. <laughs> I think their roster is strong enough uh, for that. They're going to have to get a, a couple of things. They're going to have to get better pass rush than they had on Derek Carr on Saturday night in the second half. First half was good. Obviously, Trey Henderson got the strip sack and the fumble, and Larry Ogunjobi, uh returned it, and they converted that into a field goal. Sam Hubbard almost had the safety sack of Derek Carr at the half-yard uh, half line. I was actually surprised that wasn't a safety. But yeah. uh, they had pass rush in the first half. It was non-existent in the second half. And I asked defensive coordinator Lou Anna Rumo on uh, Sunday about that. And he said, look, you know, I thought we had good pressure throughout that first half. Uh, The Raiders made some adjustments and uh, they were able to protect Carr better in the second half. And to me, uh, they're going to have to really get to Ryan Tannehill. This is a guy that you can pressure if your pass rushers can get past the offensive line and, and, and maybe they blitz more than they did on Saturday for whatever reason, the Bengals really didn't choose to blitz that much on Saturday that, that I could see from the film and, and even watching it live. So I think they're going to have to do a better job of getting to Ryan Tannehill, but the skill positions are as good as any left in football. I very much believe that. Yes. Uh, the the, uh, Packers have Devontae Adams the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and McCall Hardman as we saw on Sunday night Um, they have a lot of weapons do the Chiefs I think you put the Bengals right there and Paul I don't know how you feel about this but I don't think enough people talk about how good C.J. Uzama is and how reliable he is for Joe Burrow he has been a huge part of what They do offensively uh, when teams have the defensive capability of limiting severely uh, the Bengals perimeter game, their their receiver game. Their uh, Burrow is able to find CJ Uzama, use them, look for Chris Evans in this game to possibly have a big, big role. Um, We saw him a little bit on Saturday. What I'm saying here in this long rambling answer, Paul, (laughs) is they have a lot of go-tos. They have a lot of options on offense. I think their defense is deep enough to withstand a good degree of what happened Saturday night along the defensive line. It was not good losing Trey Hendrickson and Ogan Joby and Mike Daniels. That, that was not great, but I think they have enough depth. They've developed that depth throughout the course of the year, and I think their secondary is as good as any left in, in the playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Well, what listeners didn't see
1: was, was me punching the air when Mike said we can go all the way and win the Super Bowl. I think we better leave it there or else we're going to nix this, I think. But um, um, I thought I think a lot of our listeners will agree with you, Mike, especially about the CJ uh, Uzama Quite That's a really fine point. Uh, I'd also add in Drew Sample as well, that his role very quietly improved on on his blocking, and uh, that's been crucial this year. There are um, a lot of
0: details that you want to see a, a good playoff team Two. Uh they executed on Saturday. One more thing, Paul. Go on. The, the way the Bengals played the Packers, could have won, didn't obviously lost in overtime. They beat the Chiefs. Those are the two elite teams remaining, right? I mean, most people would agree. Certainly they haven't played the Buffalo Bills this year. We don't know how they would handle Josh Allen in the cold, maybe at the AFC Championship if that happens. Um, that's my big question. But the Bengals have shown this year they can play the elite teams and beat the elite teams. And more importantly, they believe that they are as good as anybody left in the tournament. And I think for that reason, if they played to their capabilities, I think they're very uh, capable of winning the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay.
1: Well, uh, for a debut, I think that was a very good one, Mike. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And no doubt we will be speaking to you again. Uh, But in the meantime, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. You got it, Paul. Brilliant stuff from Mike Petraglia. You can follow him at uh, at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. And uh, he's well worth a a follow, I would say. Um, He says some great stuff there. I mean, literally when he said he thinks they can go on and win the Super Bowl. Um I was punching my fists, really. I was I'm 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 here for it. I'm here for that kind of optimism because I believe, Nathan. I believe. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: I don't disagree with you. I think it's going to be. I was really sneakily
1: hmm.
2: hoping that the Steelers might beat the Chiefs, and there was a chance we could get them at some point. So I would absolutely have loved to pummeled them in, and it would have been a much easier game. Yeah, um, it is going to be hard because you've got to go through Tennessee on the road. You've got to also then go through probably Kansas City on the road. Um, but I wouldn't rule out the Bills at all. They looked absolutely fantastic against the Patriots. So. You've got to win two cracking games on the road against two strong teams. And then, obviously, the NFC is strong, isn't it? You look yeah. at the Packers, the Rams. If the Rams make it, they'll be at home at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. So that would be another road game in theory. So it's three really tough games. I really fancy us against the Titans. I think that's a game that we match up quite well in. We beat the Titans last year, which, you know, people people forget about. That's something just to sort of, you know, for some of the players, give them a bit of confidence. And you can't rule Joe Boy out, son. So, I don't, I mean, I, do I think we could win it? I I wouldn't rule it
1: out. <laughs> See, it's weird, isn't it? We're struggling to actually say we can win it because we know what the Bengals have been like. But you're right. There is one reason and one reason alone for it being an easier job to say we can win it. And that is Joe Borrow, I have to say. It really is down to him, the way he carries this team on his back, the way he inspires his teammates to to, to get to a whole new level and um, incredible. I have to say, I am less confident than I was last week about the Titans only because news came out today that Larry Ogunjobi's foot injury was serious enough to rule him out for the rest of the season, which is a real shame because he was playing so well next to DJ Reader. And uh, and I think, you know, he was playing his true three-tech position and he was he was doing really, really well. And we'll miss that interior pass rush. The, the word is that when Larry went off during the game on Saturday, they pushed Cam Sample inside. So credit to Cam Sample, a rookie, being asked to do that job. Uh, let's hope Josh Tupu is available this week. Let's hope against hope that trey hendrickson is uh is available because if larry's a big well, loss trey hendrickson will be a huge loss because he yeah. really is the one that's provides the pass rush he makes people nervous you know i think if dj reader is the glue on that uh on that line um trey hendrickson is the man that makes it all come alive i think he's a hammer He's the hammer, absolutely. And if if the hammer isn't there on... Old hammer Hendrickson isn't there on Sunday, then that might be trouble. And, of course, Derek Henry coming back, although we're not quite sure what kind of percentage of fitness he's going to be at. Some saying sort of 70%. Not sure how much action he'll get. Um... Yeah, I'm less confident only because of the D-line injuries that we sustain on Saturday night. And, of course, they are a run-first team, Tennessee. So, um, But saying that, I do think our offence will cause them big, big problems. So who knows what's going to happen? I, I'm still going to bet us to win. I really am. Now, here's a question, Nathan. Would you sign... Gino atkins for this playoff run say.
2: it's funny with Gino, isn't it i mean i would love to sign Gino. i mean i have absolutely no idea what shape he or condition he's in but um you know in theory it'd be a fantastic signing but it's strange isn't it because i remember articles coming out um over the off season saying that he'd been cleared to return to football activity he's 33 years old you think for certain that a team would have been able to accommodate him on their roster this year, give him a bit of support. I mean, he's a great guy in the locker room. He's a hard worker. He's always been a a fantastic talent. And that just surprises me this season that no one has brought him in and sort of run him through his pace. I don't know if the injury is serious. I don't know if he's only looking for a certain type of a team to go to geographically or whatever it might be, because he's got a young family. I don't know, but I mean, in theory, it'd be great to have him back, wouldn't it? Um, and sort of plug him in, but ah, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen, is it?
1: No, I mean it's the romantic option, isn't it? I mean he was so good for so long, and you just hope that there's something left in the tank. He's nice and rested and recovered from that injury, but the real, the real objective question is how how match fit is he? How sharp is he? You know what I mean? It's it's you can't just walk into Uh, a team after not playing for, you know, a year or so. So, I don't know. I will say this, though. On Instagram, Gino Atkins posted shots of him and his family dressed in Bengals' woolly hats enjoying a snow day. Now, I think he moved back down to Georgia after Cincinnati. And tell me, Nathan, where in the south of Ohio... Uh, have experienced a snow day very recently, like today and yesterday. Where? Just pick a name. I don't know, sir. <laughs> Cincinnati. That's possibly go. where he was, dressed in Bengals Ooh. woolly hats with his family. I'm speculating rampantly there, but, um, you know, Gino would be the romantic option, but the, the actual... Reality of it is they might go and sign someone like Xavier Williams, who played for us last year, who, who did yeah. a, who did an OK job, you know what I mean, and knows the system. Um, I mean, Shaq Lawson's out there at defensive end if Trey can't go, you know what I mean, and he is a good player. But then again, you're asking people to come in literally at the last minute for such a big game you know what I mean it's
2: uh... yeah and as much as you as much as you want the talent to come in you've also I think the Bengals will value someone who knows the playbook or the system or those work with people in the past from a trust perspective because what you can't afford is some geezer coming in who's got a bit of talent but maybe he's not in the best match shape and he gives away some penalties and he doesn't know the playbook Mm. and do you know what I mean he's out of position or whatever else because that would cause us more problems than it would um, benefit so I think that'll be a way on the Bengals' mind, but yeah, it is a real shame. We've been very fortunate, as I've said every single week this year, on the injury front, and it's inevitable we're going to see a couple of guys go down. But then, you know, the Titans have got some injuries. Like you said, Derek Henry won't probably be 100%. He's not played for two months. You know, he's going to take him a bit of time to get into the groove, to get into that sort of, you know, get the pads on and it up to speed. So that's our opportunity really and they're going to want to give him the ball and get him up to that speed. So maybe while he's just sort of finding his feet and stuff, we can really sort of put the knife in and you know get in there strong because i really think you know i really do think this game against the titans we've got like i said we've got nothing to lose in my mind Mm. and they're a very well coached team the titans but you look at ryan Tannehill versus joe burrow we've got the much stronger quarterback and in the playoffs when the pressure's on and you're a game away from the afc title I'll, i'll be backing joe boy over ryan Tannehill.
1: yeah no absolutely i'm with you on that one should we get to our correspondences? Because, there, as you can imagine, there's a lot of them this yeah. week. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Stu Davis uh, at Stu Davis. Meant everything. Not at our best, but we got the dub. I'm happy with that. Genuinely, 30 years of hurt that old school fans have witnessed. Broken. It's beautiful. Uh, slam Dunk. It's Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid Handle. Saturday was amazing, literally from gut-wrenching fear to unbridled joy with the Pratt INT. The jungle was rocking. Doesn't matter who we play next, as they will be decent. The monkey is off the back, so it's time to have fun. No fear in the next game against the Titans. I think that's... Yeah, fully agree, fully agree. Absolutely agree, absolutely agree. Paris Pinney, Paris Pinney. After the INT, I almost felt more relief than happiness. I think we all did, Paris. Um... Jamie at Tricot Beast, I celebrated by screaming at one in the AM when Jabane got that ball. What a night, let's do it again. The Titans don't scare me unduly. I think the Bills look the cream of the AFC. Uh VB von Blade Solid handle. I enjoyed it hugely at the start, less and less as it went on, nearly died by the end, and then suddenly so euphoric I thought perhaps I had. Uh worried about the Titans. Number one seed, hugely good running attack. We need to go all in on Burrow, TBT, Uno, CJ doing their vertical thing. Good points made by Trags there about CJ being a really undervalued and underrated piece of this offence. I think very fair point. And he had a good game on Saturday, didn't he?
2: Yeah, and I think if we're going to beat the Titans, we are going to have to... Diversify the offensive bit. I know Chase has been unbelievable the last couple of games, but we need T Higgins. He's very quiet against the Raiders. T Higgins, I think, only one yeah. catch for ten yards. So it'd be good to get him involved. Do you know what we need? Cool. We need Joe Mixon to have a bit of a game because yeah. I know the I know the last five or six games Joe Burrow has been fantastic. We put the ball in his hands and we've let him, you know, put the uh, put the the pan on the stove, but we've got to have the running game moving as well. Just diversify it a bit, maybe change it up, you know, give the give the Titans something they've not seen for a few weeks because yeah. he's not been bad, Joe Mixon. He's just not really been given the ball. They've just been so aggressive throwing it and I think... Maybe in the next game, I'm not saying, you know, I'll get my head cut off saying that we should take the ball out of his hands and run the ball and go back to this sort of smash mouth football. But just try something a bit different, open it up a bit, you know, just do something maybe the Titans won't expect. Um, But, you know, we've got the weapons, they're all healthy on offense. And if we are going to beat the Titans, we've got a strong defense. They all are going to have to have a big game.
1: Uh, All at Armaduke Panache solid end. I flailed about like a silly bugger in absolute silence in my living room so as not (laughs) to wake my baby and the boss. She is a Titan fan, so frosty times ahead. Best things for me is the refs eventually got out of the effing way and we won without coming close to our best role on Saturday. Andrew Dockrell at Dockers, 77, what a night. It got tighter than it should, but it's done and the burden is lifted. Credit to those D-liners who barely took a snap off in the second half. The rest of the way is going to be a fun trip. Love the full circle of the Pratt INT, a guy I mocked to us in the years of pain. BB at Bengals Bluebird. handle. Um, great day, still buzzing now. Messy game in places and we know we can play better. Scrap the long second down run plays and just let Burrow unleash. Uh, Paul Croft at S R D Crofty eighty three. It meant the world to think the playoff curse is over, with it being a late one. I had to go to I had to go to into the conservatory to celebrate that. That was after I cried a little. I got very emotional. I think we all did. Paul definitely. Um, Michael Smith at conniving underscore Crow, he's changed... Solid it's... handle. There you go, he's changed it. He's, he's the Bengals of Twitter handle, is Mike. He's he's turned it around from a shocking well, uh, handle to a solid handle.
2: Yeah, let's, let's be serious here for a second, right? We've, we've He's <laughs> gone from the... I was saying about the power of Crows, right? He's stuck that in <laughs> his handle. We win a playoff game the next week. There's got to be something related there. Absolutely.
1: I felt like at Palmer 4, is that I wonder with an unlimited pre a manger card and I celebrated with fellow Bengals UK chums over on Twitter. For that INT alone, Jermaine Pratt should never have to buy a drink in Cincy ever again. You hear? Yeah. Dave Cass at Come On Didier. Solid handle. A special night which none of us will ever forget. For once, our team stood up to the huge pressure and overcame the disappointment 31 years. Um, Chris Hood at Who Day CP I think you know how much it means since I've been supporting the Bengals since 84 the match was odd but we won it was magical love seeing the videos of those at PBS still smiling um, <laughs> Nigel Granger at Fleet underscore Risk we can beat any team out there it's just whether we do I follow the team's lead and celebrate with a fat cigar and a brandy good for you Nigel <laughs> Brandy, go on, boy. Not a solid handle at B Harcourt. Beth, you do yourself down. Come on now. <laughs> I'm worried about our defensive line now with all the injuries, but I still have lots of hope for this game. Who day? And sports tears were definitely shed on Saturday. Hey, Nathan, have you ever cried? Uh, uh, have you ever cried sports tears before?
2: As I any... have. Yeah, I have. have you? You? <laughs> do you know? Do you know when I had tears? It was the Steelers game.
1: The oh, game that we're not—I
2: yeah, thought yeah, it we'd work. done it—and yeah. then we didn't, and then I sort of. But i, I was tears of joys. I thought we'd done them, yeah, and then obviously it slipped away. But oh, I had I had a few little cheeky, uh, little cheeky tears in the in the casino. I mean, it was—it was. I mean, I've been a Bengals fan for seventeen years now, and you know, since I was fourteen. And you've seen it all, haven't you? And I mean, those playoff losses, the amount of them and the teams we've had and the characters and, you know, all these this fans and the, the community and all this of it, it's a long road. And there's been times, especially the last couple of years in particular, that have been really hard to be a fan. Like, to the point the games almost became really unwatchable when everyone's mm-hmm. bitching about, you know, let's not win any games and, oh, let's get a better draft position. And I, and I understand all that. But... Hard times being a fan and even harder when you see quality teams like that 2005 team with Carson Palmer getting the injury and even the 2015 team with Andy Dalton where he couldn't play with a thumb injury and we had to go out the Steelers with McCarron and obviously all the shenanigans that happened there. You you go back to the Jets playoff game, we probably should have won and we... Pissed the bed with that and the Chargers game. We are big favourites at home and we lost. And you've seen all this, the pain, the cl- close <laughs> wins, the close losses. And I mean, it really was to win it like that at the end with 15 seconds to go or whatever it was, the interception at home. I mean, it's, a really, it's really special, really special.
1: I think I was trying to block everything out. I'd blocked, I'd, I'd not listened to any podcast apart from the superior sitsi Natter, obviously. Uh, last week, I decided not to listen to any podcast because I knew what they would be talking about. The 31-year drought, the curse of Bo Jackson, all that kind of stuff. And I just thought it's just putting far too much onto this. Do you know what I mean? I just wanted to watch the game. It is a playoff game with a new batch of players and I'm not going to succumb to descending into that whirlpool of of awfulness again, and, and and emotion, and storm, and drang, and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? I, I. But when they when they did it, I was surprised how emotional I did become. And um, I'm not saying I sort of sank to my knees, and looked up to the heavens, arms raised, and and cried. But my my lip was my bottom lip was did did some pretty, pretty. Good style wobbling, I have to say, and the eyes were glazed over a little bit, I think. It was just like, bloody hell. I thought bloody you'd be the sort
2: of man with a cigar and brandy, some.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm not a fan of cigars, it? Um, and neither brandies, <laughs> but I did. Uh, do you know what I did do, though? I did crack open a can of Tiger Stripe, one that was left from Ooh. our meetup a couple of years ago. And I'm here to say and and report that it did taste very good. It tasted just fine. Yeah, it wasn't... It didn't destroy my innards, which was good. Um, And it tasted It would have been
2: absolutely rotten.
1: No, it wasn't ranted at all. It was just... It was good. It tasted all right. It actually tasted exactly the same as we had it... uh, to when it when when was it 2019 hey, it looked a bit funny if you poured it out or did you yeah, out of yeah. can? No, i just had it out of the can so um fair enough uh, it's probably a good thing that i didn't pour it out actually it would have been sort of <laughs> you know an awful color but uh yeah it was a very emotional uh uh win and i think i think you're right there now that emotion is out the pent-up emotion Different people have been carrying different types of emotions for different amounts of time. Now, whatever that is, it's all gone. It's all gone. It's washed over us. Now we can just, as you say, have some fun. Go and beat the Titans. Yeah, I mean... who knows?
2: Yeah, I mean... It, it, it was a mental thing as well, wasn't it? I mean, you have to. we have to be honest as fans. 31 years is unbelievable. I mean, I mean yeah. I'll sit there saying I've been a fan for, what, 17 years now. I mean, it's it felt like an eternity for me to have yeah. not seen a playoff win in 17 <laughs> years, let yeah. alone a fan that might have been a fan for 13 years longer than me and started following this team in 1991 or 1992. I mean, you... For someone like that, I mean, they might have been down on their knees, sort of, you know, Absolutely. tears to the heavens, because that is a is a bloody long time, thirty
1: years. So I, th- I think you just forget about it. You know what I mean? You yeah. just sort of resign yourself to they're not going to get to the players and if they do, they, you know, they'll lose. But you know, whatever. Let's just concentrate on the good moments they give us, not the the deep uh, playoff runs, you know, because that's never been the case with the Bengals, quite obviously, apart from twice in their lifetime. So, but now, well, there we go. It's uh, it's all new. It's all fun. It's all, uh, and it's all happening, which is great. Um, Omar Siddiqui at uh, Omario Bolt. Um, absolutely brilliant win. Had the old man over to watch it and I explained certain rules to him along the way. Great, great night. Looking forward to another. On Saturday, absolutely, Omar. First time caller. Very good. Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Um, Solid handle. At one point in the last quarter where my heart was pounding so hard, I swear I could hear it. I love this team. They are fun and so easy to root for. Uh, The season has been better than expected and we're playing with house money now. So let's just enjoy whatever happens next. Yeah, Uh,
2: Martin, sorry, son Do you know one thing I'd say as well? And Mm. you know, we're talking about the lack of pressure, the house money we're in now, which I think is bang on. The biggest thing about winning that game, in some respects, is that next year and the year after are going to be two years where really it's going to be the expectation needs to be a deep playoff run. Yeah, we compete for the Super Bowl, but I think that. To get the win off our back this year is great because it's like I was saying earlier about fighting in the wardrobe. Like we've just been stuck in this mess for the last five, ten years of the Bengals can't win a playoff game, Bengals can't win a playoff game, you know, they've 31 years, the worst in sports, blah, blah, blah. And I just think to get that out of our way now, so next season it's not about, well, can the Bengals win a playoff game? It's like, no, 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 no. We're gonna try and win it all. And there's, we're not going to be stuck with that rhetoric and that sort of, you know, that, that sort of frustrating thing that we need to get off the back. It's just all business. We've got experience. These guys already played and won a playoff game. They're not going to be in any way, shape or form concerned about um, having that on their back next year when hopefully we make a good run. And, you know, we're in a similar situation. So I think that's really positive to just have that experience and get that out of the way this year when actually it is far less expectations and we are playing with house money.
1: Mm, absolutely. Uh, Martin at Dorset Bengal. I got a load of food in and was then too nervous to eat it. Uh, I managed to drink my way back to normality, fortunately. Uh, I'm well up for the Titans game. The players enjoyed being on the road and Burrow isn't phased by it at all. Please drink responsibly. Absolutely. Sean at Disciple of Ange. It still doesn't feel real. I love how straight and narrow the team is though. No over-the-top partying, although, I have to say, Sean and Nathan, uh, did you see the pictures and the videos of Zach Taylor delivering a game ball to his local boozer? <laughs> with Kevin... I did, yeah. With old Hubes and... Uh, I mean, that that was a fantastic touch, although my first thought was, oh, my God, COVID, and then <laughs> that's <laughs> how the world is now, isn't it? Uh, but then it's like, yeah, that's a fantastic gesture. And, that, that's, and the fact that he had this planned... Ever since he came to Cincinnati, that if he did start winning playoff games, then he would take game balls uh, around the city. Uh, that's just incredible. I think that that shows the mark. Right, so it's a the lovely mark of the personal
2: mark. touch. Yeah, really lovely personal touch, and I think Zach's done such an incredible job. We haven't really talked about. Him on this podcast. But what an achievement. I mean, what an achievement to come in here in year three and when really years one and two were so disappointing to to just have, you know, to do what he's done this year. And again, to win a playoff game like that, tough game, you know, for him as a young coach as well. That's Mm. that's such a great thing to get on his record. So you've just got to continually say that huge effort from him.
1: Um, Duncan Leesley at Dunkstar O2. Um, Solid handle. Saturday was extremely stressful for everyone involved, apart from Joey B, obviously. CJ alluded to the fact that they were tight and tense in the second half. So I think uh, I think the biggest thing was to put the playoff curse rubbish to bed. Uh, Ross at Nosy Render um, almost never enjoyed it. I was so stressed. Relief more than anything at the end. Uh, Odat, DZE, the Titans aren't number one seed for nothing. They've been with AJ Brown and Henry for a while, but still won without them. A big ass, but we've got the juice to do another. Uh, Deanna, uh, XOXO at whack tag. (laughs) (laughs) What? Whack tag. (laughs) Is Is that
2: a solid or a shocking handle?
1: I think it's a solid handle for me. I I love a bit of whack tag. Um, I've been watching the Bengals since I was seven and never saw them win a playoff game. Always an upset or a loss. After 31 years, we have a victory over impossible odds and it was exhilaratingly joyful. I laughed, cried, jumped, sobbed and was joyfully empowered by it. Weren't we all, Whack tag? Weren't we all? Uh, Tom Lawrence, solid handle Tom.
2: Solid handle.
1: He's playing into your hands now. Um, uh, amazing win Saturday Titans can be beaten but it's going to have to be another step up in performance. Enjoy the ride and finally uh, Safer's at Safe Smacks. Solid handle. Never felt better. Titans, the easiest matchup out of the Bills Chiefs. So that is great stuff. I think we win that. So so easy. Well, there you go. What a what a, what a tweet to to end it on by saffers There. We,
2: we, we've also never had so many solid handles in one show. And I'll I tell think, you, there's a
1: correlation. I think that 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 is the uh, that is a record. I can safely say that is a record solid handle solid handles uh, count. I think and. Uh, not one shocking hand, Lever. No shocking handles. A very, very good uh, uh, dose of solid handles there. Um, so thank you to everyone that's uh, that's written in. Uh, that's about it, Nathan. Final word for the Titans. It's going to be up and down this week. Who knows whether we're going to sign any players. Who knows whether anybody's going to be around on the defensive line by Saturday. But, of course, it's a fantastic kick-off time for us. In the UK, 9.30. We'll have our tailgate at 8 o'clock, so do tune in. Uh, final word on the Titans game, Nathan?
2: It's going to be interesting because the Titans got a good defence. I think it could be high scoring. I think we might struggle. They've got a, you know, a bit of a sneaky offence. Henry's going to be there and he's going to be pounding away the geezer. I think it'll be very, very tight. I back us though. I do back us. I think that might be our lot if we were to beat the Titans. We'd have been thoroughly spoiled as fans, but I do think this is a game we can win. We beat them last year. I don't think there anyone will be afraid. They they there'll be no pressure on the Bengals, which I think is massive. And the Titans have been stewing. They didn't play last week. You know they're they're not going to be as. I I just think we yeah I, I think we got it son. I do I think we can do it and then it would just be outrageous. Do you know what I mean? Then it'd be the AFC title game and I think that all might be a bit too much for me. <laughs> but um, what are you saying, Sam?
1: Oh, as I say, it just all really does depend on the on the injuries um, this week. If we can get Hendrickson back, that would be a major yes. thing for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure. I'm, I'm not sure what the injury status is of Ronell Wren. And Tyler Shelvin. If we can get one or two of those and elevate them from the practice squad, that's good. I'm sure we'll elevate Wyatt Ray. But really, it's down to B.J. Hill and Cam Sample in Larry Larry Ogunjoba's absence. I think unless they go out and sign someone. So all eyes on um, all eyes on that this week. But yeah, if we can get a good, a decent team out. I think we have a great chance. I think we, we've got the players on offence to really hurt the Titans, even though they, you know, they're a stout defence. Do you know what I mean? They are. Stick Joe Boy a defensive tackle.
2: <laughs> he could do it all, can't I he? I mean, he might as well just play him both
1: ways, the geezer. I mean, you wouldn't rule him out, would you? No, absolutely not. Um, but, uh, OK, I'll stick my neck out on the line. As it stands, uh, this may change across the week, but I'm going to go for a Bengals upset victory. Again, something similar, something like twenty-seven twenty, uh, because I think if we do get on a roll offensively, the Titans aren't the sort of offense. To, they're not an explosive offense, are they? You know, no, no, no. Uh, they've even, also got
2: Randy Bullock. So if it comes down to the wire, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. then you shouldn't be too scared. Um, but what?
2: I is think the... twenty-three twenty Bengals. All right, okay,
1: maybe Bullock misses one.
2: Oh, I'd to, be pissing to, it. I'd be pissing t- on the. I'd be pissing all over the Empire Casino floor if that was the case. <laughs> Wouldn't
1: that be fitting? It would. And then he grabs both calves and he goes down. And poor old Randy.
2: <laughs> I, I I feel bad for Randy. Really. I mean, he's a nice bloke, and he
1: like. Well, he's it's done it's a just, good job. He's done a fairly good job. Again, he's been quite this year. good at the times. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I just think, I just think we've got if we can just start to roll offensively, like we have done. Um. I think well, I think we might be just a little bit too much. We've just got to if Henry's playing, we've just got to limit the, him to uh, as as Trag said. We've just got to limit him like we did the last time we beat them. You know, only yeah. a year or so ago. Um, we've just got to limit them, and you know. Is Julio Jones fully fit? I'm not sure. Is AJ yeah. Brown fully fit? I'm not sure. So there's a lot of questions. But like you said, Variables a great coach and how he's got that team with all the injuries and whatnot yeah, yeah, to this yeah. position is, is an outstanding job. Listen, they're a tough team. And as you said again earlier, whoever you're going to play in the playoffs are a good team. So, do, do you know what's
2: absolutely mental like when you right. think about this? To the point that I don't even know if I'm going to be able to be involved. Is that the next time that you listeners listen to this podcast, we could be previewing an AFC title game for the Super Bowl? Like, isn't that just a crazy thought? <laughs> we could be talking about a game that we, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but like the fact that, you know, if we win this game, we're playing an AFC title game, I mean, that is just completely mad, isn't it? Like it's un, such uncharted territory for a lot of us as fans.
1: But when you say it's about time, the amount of times on this podcast we've had to kind of talk about nonsense just to hide the defeat and the performances. It's just lovely to to talk about something so fun again. And, um, yeah, it's it's a great feeling, I think. And, uh, you know, much credit must go to Zach and his team and, of course, the players themselves. And, you know, as we mentioned last time, out you know credit has to go to the front office credit has to go to the pr team credit has to go to elizabeth and her social team you know yeah it's yeah, been yeah. a really fantastic club wide effort and uh, i can't wait for no, a saturday I... it's going to be another bloody long week isn't it
2: Yeah, I think you're spot on. We're Going back to what we said at the start of the season in our season preview, both of us were sort of, you know, maybe predicting between sort of seven, eight, nine wins. And we both said, look, there's a lot of unknowns this year on this team. Free agent signings. How's Joe Burrow? How's Jamal Chase going to pan out? What's the defence going to be like? Is it going to be any better? Is the line going to hold up? You know, all of those, you know, things. And we said, look, if we're going to have a good season, so many things have got to go right. Injuries, all the rest of it. And i tell you what, lo and behold, it bloody well has across the board as well. You know, any situation that you could have said, is Joe Burrow going to be healthy? Yes. Is the line going to be better? Yes. Is Chase going to look to be the right pick and really play well? Absolutely yes. Are the injuries going to go your way? Yes. Is the defence much better and the free agent signings impactful? Absolutely yes. And it's been a whirlwind of a season. Um and like you said, absolutely full credit to the whole organisation. And I thought it was a lovely touch as well from Zach Taylor after the game to dedicate one of the game balls to Mike Brown because he doesn't get talked about as much anymore. Mm. But you know, full credit to him. He's been he's been there through thick and thin for thirty one years, and lovely touch for him.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, as I say, it's going to be a long, short week if that makes sense. So uh, we'll be busting out some stuff, no doubt. Uh, tune into our online tailgate. Keep in touch at who underscore UK on Twitter, BengalsUK on Facebook and also Bengals underscore UK on Instagram. So keep them coming. Keep us company. Let's build the excitement up again for Saturday. Uh, but until next time, it is a who Day from me.
2: And a Houday from me. Cheers, guys.
1: And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.